Hi, I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. And there is an elder care lexicon on our website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today's episode is called How to Communicate with Someone Who is Living with Brain Change. But first, today's new and noteworthy. Communicating with someone with dementia or various other diagnoses can be emotional, tricky, and exhausting. Let's take a look at some role-playing by Tipa with a positive outcome. Too cold out here. I'm Come fine. Back no, I'm not. I'm just gonna gonna get you are not the boss of me. Yeah, just quit bossing me around. I don't around. want you to get sick. I'm fine. You need I'll to walk out of my life. We're going to put it on. I'm not putting it on. Yeah. You are, you're crap. No, um, no. That, I'm not wearing that. No, don't you, you start this. You don't do it. Mom, I just, I don't want you to get sick. Shut up. There it is. That's how it's done. Beautiful. Thank you, Tipa. All right. Today, we've got Tipa Snow, one of the world's leading advocates and educators for anyone living with dementia or other forms of brain change. Tipa, I have an ask of you. Sure. Not that I'm very politically correct, but I want you to correct me if one of my questions comes out not politically correct so we can all learn the right way to say you things. You mean offensive? Not just offensive, but like terminology. Yes. How do you say what you said? You said, I've heard you say, um, instead of someone has dementia, yeah. it's someone living with dementia. Yeah. yeah. So I want to, I want, I want you to, to correct me if any of my questions well, come I'll across. I'll probably just say, hey, Brian, how would it feel if I said, Brian has dementia? Right. Brian's like demented. Uh-huh. Versus... Brian is living with dementia. I mean, just like he's living with a beard, he's living with messy. Oh, it's not. It's well-groomed hair. Well, thank is you. that <laughs> right? Or a sore tooth, or, or an elbow, yeah. or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what you're living, you're living with. with. Yeah, I mean, you're living with it. Beautiful terminology. Yeah. All right, Tipa, who are you, and what do you do? <laughs> well, I'm an occupational therapist by training. Uh, I have been in the field for about 45 years professionally. Um, I Oh, boy, I have done just about everything you can do, I think. I've worked at university, college. I've done long-term care, home care, hospice care, uh, home health, home care. I've done community programming. I've been a care manager. I started a Medicaid waiver project in North Carolina. Um, did medical students, nursing students. I, You know, what I haven't done, I'm not sure. But what I, I've traveled the world. Do you have formal training? I have experience. And I have a master's in occupational therapy and an undergraduate in zoology with four other minors. Wow. <laughs> Highly educated. All right. Let's talk about your terminology, brain change. You brain talk change. about brain change rather than a, a diagnosis. Yeah. Talk to me because that. what's happening is people's brains are changing. Um, the chemistry in their brain is changing. The structures of their brain are changing. And so when the brain changes, 
if we miss those cues, we think there's purpose in things rather than, oh, that's a result of a brain change. The wiring's not right. Um, the structures are not connecting anymore. Huh, I need to notice that so that when I pick up on it, I can decide what shall I do differently because something's different and it's not the same. And I've got to go, huh, well, that's different. Is that a TIPA term or is that an industry term? That's actually something that we're starting to hear more and more, that Mm -hmm. we're recognizing it's not just brain failure. There are brain changes that take place. So, yes, I'm losing formal language skills, but I'm starting to pick up hmm, language that you wish I didn't have, which are forbidden words kind of things are popping out. Or maybe I've got chit-chat, but I don't have depth of content. But I like to chit-chat. And so you have to... If you're going to be effective, you've got to learn how to chit chat with me because I want to take turns. I want to have a conversation. Conversation, yeah. Yeah. But when you listen to my words, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. And it's like, yeah. Got it. You're right. Right, right. But I still am having a conversation and there's value in the socialization of the conversation. And every now and then there will be a word in there. And if you start to pick up on it, you might find the theme, the idea of what I'm trying to tell you. And it's the cookie. Right. You know, about the cookie. That's what I was saying, the one who had it. And then when that happened, that then, you know, there wasn't any. And and she needed it. I mean, she needed it and there wasn't. And that's what she was asking about. It's just about the cookie. Yeah. So who was interested in a cookie? We all are. Me. Yes. <laughs> but I, I'm saying she rather than me. Uh-huh. I'm having trouble with it. If you're able to sort of hang with me and stick back and forth, um, you might go, a cookie. And then you go, you know what? Come on, let's go see if we can find one. A cookie? Yeah. And then we get to the cookie and you hold it up and I go, well, not that. Because what I meant was a cup of coffee. Uh, That's, I mean, how tricky is this? It is tricky. It's communication. It is. Yeah. But the tricky part is I'm not doing any of it on purpose. I went to my file cabinet to find the word coffee and in its place was this thing called cookie. And so I think I'm talking about cookie, the cookie. Right. But it's coffee. But That's I, what we were talking about earlier. It's word salad. It's word salad. I, I meant, don't know that. Yeah. I mean, if I knew I was saying cookie instead of coffee, I would correct myself. I think I'm fine. I, I think you're getting what I'm saying. And then you show me the cookie and I'm all confused. I'm what coffee. are you talking about? How did you go from all of your education into turning this into a business? Oh, well, actually, interesting. I started off as a nursing assistant before there was a certification. Over, right. oh, closer to 50 years ago now. Probably old, oh, before that. <clears throat> Younger than that. <laughs> Maybe 54 years ago. I was a nursing assistant because my grandfather had developed dementia. We didn't know it was dementia. We thought he was getting eccentric, uh, senile. Senile. But he was trying to do things that didn't make sense. And we cared for him in the home for a while when I was a kid. But then it was getting to be a lot. My mom was single parenting. And so it was time to go into the facility. And I was in high school and they said, we could really use some help. And I said, oh, okay, what's that involved? And they said, well, if you come be a nursing assistant, then we will go ahead and admit your grandfather because he'll be more comfortable with you around. And I'm like, and here you are. Okay. Right. <laughs> and so I started off <laughs> by week two. Uh, I hear down one hall, like, ah, there's a man in my bed. And I go, uh oh. 
and it was my grandfather getting in bed with someone. He was my grandmother's carer. She had rheumatoid arthritis, and in the middle of the night, she would be asleep, but he would go and lay in the bed with her until she woke up so he could carry her to the bathroom. Oh, wow. And he was her provider. And so what had happened is she had died, which is why she he came to live with us, because he couldn't be alone, um, because his progression was so significant. There are no accidents in there this are world. No accidents. There are no accidents. It's that, yeah. I've been waiting to ask you this question since I first, <laughs> since I saw your first YouTube question. I've been in the business almost nine years. Uh-huh. I see so many similarities between toddlers mm-hmm. and our geriatric community. Mm-hmm. Why is that so pejorative when we talk about it? Yeah. Well, if we were to think about brain development as from gross and simple to complex and intense and and deep, we're going to lose the complex and deep before we lose the gross and simple. So it's sort of a you come in and you go out. Mm -hmm. When my brain starts not working well and the deterioration sets in, I will keep some skills. But the skills I keep are pretty basic as things keep going until I can't even hang on to those. So if I look at this, oh, I wonder what that is. Now, if I want to check out what it is and I don't realize that I could pick it up to check it out, what what do you think I might do? Investigate. Yeah. And what do I have on my body that I might investigate with? Your fingers. Yeah. And so without thinking, I'll stick my, oh, well, it's warm. Oh, it doesn't taste like much. Now you look at my behavior and you go, oh, how childlike. Right. Or you might say, how childish. Mm -hmm. And I would say, well, childlike was nice. I like that because I look at everything with wonder and I'm trying to figure things out and I'm curious. But I'm not doing it to be a child. I'm doing it because my skill set is missing. And if you simply picked up your mug and, and, oh, to do this? Oh. <laughs> so you're learning I again. Yeah. Yeah. Because all you had to do was demonstrate it for me. And my brain went, oh, yeah. Because I have a lot of old wiring. Kids don't have that. Right. But I couldn't find the wiring I needed right then until you showed it to me. And then it was like, oh, okay. Well, I know that. As a reminder. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Tipa, what is sundowning and how does it present? Hmm. Sundowning, a simple word for a complex thing. So what we know is human brains have a set amount of chemistry each day. And in the morning, most people have the best chemistry. And as the day wears on, I use up my chemistry. You do it too. And as the day wears on by late afternoon, you're ready to go home. Yeah. But what happens on the ride home, you get ready for a second burst of energy to be with your family, to do the evening thing. But for me, if I'm living with dementia, I'm, I'm out of chemistry. And so now without the chemistry, where am I? How, how did I get here? Who are you? Why do you? Why do you have me here? I need to get home. I can't stay here. And so the very place I've been in, which is my home or your home, um, or a place that we've said I'm going to stay in, suddenly doesn't seem familiar. And I can't figure out why you're here. And if you don't pick up on the clue and the cue that I'm turned around, and I'm not going to be able to pick up and go here. You've got to really in that moment recognize, wow, she's lost. And in that moment, you've got to come in and be the support I need. You've got to come underneath and go, 
you're wanting to go home. You need to get out of here. Yeah, you need to go do something. You just don't want to be here. In other words, is it here you don't want or is it you're looking for something to do? And we won't know until I answer. Right. And But right. what you did is provide my brain with options. So now I don't feel trapped anymore. And the key is not to make somebody wrong, but right. to meet them where they are. Yeah. I mean, in that moment, I'm telling you, this doesn't feel like home. And rather than say, well, this is your home. <laughs> what are you talking about? You've lived here for years, right. which is diminishing me. What you decided to do is support me where I'm at, which is, I don't think this is my home. And all you have to do is say, so you're looking for your home. Yeah. So just acknowledge. Acknowledge. Acknowledge what's going on. Communication is such a challenge with someone oh. living with dementia. And we recognize communication is so important. How do you teach somebody, a family member, a caregiver? I mean, how do you explain communicating with somebody who communicates differently? Yeah. One of the things I'll often do is show them pictures of the brain. Because once you see what's happening, your brain goes, oh, oh, is that what's open? That's not good. Okay, well, if, if that wiring is that damaged and that structure is not working well, then, oh, okay, so I've got to do something different because you're different. I mean, it's not that you're not trying. It's that you don't have those structures there anymore. So when you say to me, what do I do now? Me saying back to you, well, why don't you go get dressed? Is like... That's not good <laughs> because I just asked you to put together a whole puzzle to come out. And I say, you're wanting to know what to do now. Well, tell you what, come here. I want to show you something because I already know I'm going to have to guide you through this task of getting dressed, this task of taking off whatever you have on to put on something else. I know I'm going to have to go to the place and locate the things with you. I have to let go of the idea that I can give you verbal instructions and you're going to be able to do this. I mean, it's not going to happen. When someone has repeat statements or repeat mm -hmm. questions, I have a client and she was declining. She said to me, Brian, does it upset you that I ask you the same question over and over again? We have a great relationship. Yeah. So I said to her, <clears throat> no, it doesn't bother me as long as it doesn't bother you that I give you different answers every time. And we had a great laugh. But it really, it's like no matter what you say, what do you say? They're saying, they're asking yeah. the same things over and over again. Yeah. What's the proper way to respond? One of the things I'll often try to figure out is what's the meaning behind the question? Because if when I, they That's keep crazy. asking me the same question, there's something I'm not giving them that they're looking for. So I've got to sort of scope it out. Like, give me a question you think you might ask if you ever had dementia. Where's my, where's my wife? You're looking for your wife. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the woman you're married to, who's also a nurse. Right. Now, she does a lot in the building, yeah? Yes, that's her. Yeah. So you're making me wonder, wonder if she's tied up doing something, or were you needing her for something, or you just wondered no, where I'm she No, I just was? want to know where she is. Yeah. You guys always sort of like touch base and keep up with each other. We do, huh? we do. You're missing her a little bit. Yeah. Boy, wives are wonderful when you have them, huh? That's incredible. What that happened? conversation yeah. right there, well, you answered my question with, that was it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it is just like, I'm acknowledging you're missing someone and you feel lost without them. And in that moment, I didn't try to distract you. I gave you your wife. I said, the nurse taking care of the building, she's not here. You were really missing. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, you heard me. And it's like, yeah. Meet them where they are. And I might actually then offer a hug and I say, it's so hard when they aren't here when you need them. 
That was beautiful. Thank you. I could end this episode right we now. No, 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 we're not done. I have oh, more, so many oh, more questions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, what is the best way to respond to someone in distress? Because, you know, you see residents and they get agitated. We have a lot of nonverbal residents and a lot, a lot of nonverbal clients and they're doing. <laughs> so if I'm doing that, one of the things I will recommend is, oh, this not good, not good. In other words, I get on the right hand side of the individual. So you could do it with me. Unless you're left-handed, it won't work for me to do it with you because on this side of your body, you're more defensive because this is not your skill side. That's your skill side. Right. And so you'll want me over there and I'll go, not good. It's not good. Brian. And almost invariably. What's not good? Yeah, you, The person will go, right. yeah. Not good. Not, you're not feeling good, or you need a hug. You need a hug. Yeah. Oh, see how you figure that out. I could tell. People living with dementia figure it out too. Mm-hmm. So your distress. I'm letting you know. I got your level of distress. I'm there with you. You're not alone. I'm coming onto the island with you. Because here you are stuck on an island and you can't say, you can't, but you're asking for somebody to come help. So I'm coming to help and I've got to figure out, hmm, is, is it something inside of you that isn't okay? Or is it something about being alone on the island that isn't okay? And so I'll offer and see where it goes. Because I don't know the answer until we communicate. Yeah. You know, and it's just that willingness, I think to be vulnerable with people, but to also be present with them. If you reached out to me and you looked at me in distress, that's a call for help. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can either answer the SOS or I can say, nope, not mine. Right. So when somebody's getting the facts wrong, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in conversation with somebody with brain, with brain change yeah. um, or diagnosis, yeah. brain change, do you correct them and say, no, 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 we're not from Wisconsin. We're from Dallas. Never. So let's say, how are you like in Wisconsin? Go ahead and say that. How do you like Wisconsin? I love Wisconsin. How do you, now, have you ever been in Texas ever? I've been to Texas before. You have? Dallas or somewhere else? Well, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Really? Now, how do you like Dallas? I like it. It's Me hot in the too. summer, cold in the winter. Oh, is it? Yeah. I did not know that. Now, I'm from North Carolina. Oh, Does it matter that we started off in Wisconsin, we're talking about Dallas, now we'll go to North Carolina? Because is it about the facts or is it about the relationship? It's the conversation. Yeah, it's about relationships. And if I get you comfortable with me, it doesn't really matter whether you're in Texas or Wisconsin or North Carolina because you're comfortable. What is the first part of communication to be lost in typical progression of brain change? And what is the last to remain? So one of the first parts that will disappear are nouns, the names of things. I know the thing, but I can't find the thing I want to say. And so I'll often use words like, you know what I'm talking about, the whatchamacallit, the um, when you go down and you put it in the thing and then he the comes and gets, huh? No, par- no, 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 no. Now, what you did is a classic. Uh-huh. You want to start you, guessing. You try to play the guessing game right. with me. So you want to, did you do the motion I did though? No, I do, actually, I, I think I did. The, the parking garage. Yeah, but you already had the answer in your mind. I didn't know. 
Ah, but you, you did, said yeah, it like you did, yeah, didn't you? Yeah. And so you put it in, use my words. So you put it in. Put it in. So you go down and you put it in. So put it in. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy comes and he gets it. And he gets it. Yeah. And then then the person gets it and they they take it and they open it and they go, it's from you. And it's for happy birthday. It's my birthday present. It's a thing. No, a, a thing. thing. That, now, see how you wanted to guess again? Right. So each time you want to guess, you want to go, a birthday present or something else? Give them the option. Because now who gets to pick the answer? They do. Yeah. So communicating with somebody with brain change uh -huh. is about choices. It is. Got and it. it's about either or choices where I don't have to come up with the words as much as you do. Right. But then you offer to them, them to me as though they're alternatives and I get to be the one to pick. Got it. Yeah. Another commonality in our world, mm -hmm. somebody repeatedly asks for a person who has passed away. Ah. Uh, mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. So if I'm asking for somebody who's not here anymore, on uh, number one, I don't know they're not here anymore. I wouldn't be asking for mm -hmm. them. Uh, I'm either missing them or I have a question for them. Class, I mean, those are the two reasons I would think, you know, or I think they should be here and they're not. Right. So I'll go, so you're looking for John. Yeah. Did you need to ask him something? You're just missing him. Just missing him. Yeah. You know, it's so hard when people aren't where you expect him to be, huh? It's frustrating. Now, let me ask you something. Now, John, is he a hard worker or is he a great husband or both? Oh, he's both. He's both. Now, did you ever, did you learn to cook when you first got married? We did. We cooked. <gighs> did you? Now, dinner or dessert best? Oh, dessert. Ooh, Sweet chocolate tea. or something else? Chocolate. Ooh, you know what? I have something chocolate. Tell you what, come take a look and see what you think. That's it. So you were missing someone. Mm -hmm. I explored a little bit about what about them are you missing? And it was like, hmm. Well, then I said something about good hard worker or really important in your family. Okay, how about cooking? Oh, cooking. Dinner, dessert, dessert. And then it was chocolate. And it was like, okay, well, let me see if it's time to switch off the topic because we went from person to chocolate. Can I interest you in something that's going to not be the same, but give you satisfaction? So questions, commonalities, mm -hmm. open-ended, it's their choice. It's their choice. I and then it. I go, <clears throat> we go to a new place with a prop the chocolate, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, how about some coffee? Yeah? Yeah. Let's, now take a look at this. I want to ask you something. And, and now all of a sudden, we're switching gears, and I've done a shift, but I'm in a new place with new props, and it makes it a little easier. That's like redirecting on steroids. Oh, yeah. You're good. Yeah. You should be in the business. <laughs> okay. I have a resident who had a stroke. He's nonverbal. Yep. Very frustrating for him. I would suggest he has some dementia, but okay. he's, he's pretty alert. I got him flashcards, mm -hmm. a few of them, just for the basics. What are your thoughts on that? Um, if I have someone who's fairly early in brain change mm -hmm. that comes with the dementia as opposed to the stroke, which is sudden, brutal, and it robbed him of expressive language, but not necessarily receptive. So what you gave him were the visuals, whereas I've been giving you the verbals, you gave him the visuals. What I'll have to figure out is, does the word mean for him what it used to mean? Hunger. 
Yeah. I'm cold. Yeah, exactly. Tired. So if I if he shows me this, does it mean what I think it means? Or does it mean I want you to come with me? And it's just whichever card it is. I need your attention. I want your focus because you get me. You bothered to do this thing for me. And I have a relationship with you. And I don't have words, so I use this. And it's just my way of trying to engage you because I'm an engager, particularly if I used to talk. Right. And I liked being with people. And now I don't have those skills. So this is where we might get better at going. So I could reduce my output so it feels less unbalanced. So instead of talking, meet them where they are and point. Yeah. And so use there's props. nothing yeah. wrong with those cards, but I have to find out do they have value? And if it's individual. his progression right. is really kicking into gear, then those cards won't last long. Because I have to see a word, interpret a word, understand a word, and then decide of all the words I have in storage, which one do I want to show you? And there's not one for this. Now what and that's frustrating. And they're going to get yeah, because I'm back to being frustrated. <clears throat> Got it. So yeah. What is positive physical approach and how does it help with communication? <clears throat> so positive physical approach means when I am going to come into your space and be with you, um, that I don't make assumptions. So from about six feet away, I go, not, not, oh. So I do this, not, not. Because I want to notice. Get their attention. Yeah. So look away from me, if you would. Not, not. So what I know is you heard me and you interpreted knock, knock as someone's at the door. So you now are looking at me and I go, Brian, name. Oh, we were talking before about the last thing lost. Oh, right. Your name, your first given name. Right. That will be one of the very last things that disappear for a human being. Is their name. Their name, their recognition of their first name, their given name. So when I go, oh, Brian, your brain goes, yes, you're talking to me. I have my hand up near my face, and I go, well, hey, how's my favorite fella? Hi. I'm Tipa. And you notice that typically I would have my name tag right here right. on the right. And I would show you my name tag because I show you my name right near my face and let your brain go, oh, Tipa, that's Tipa. Yeah. And I did it from my hand, so you track up my arm to the name tag to my face. And now it's like, Brian. I'm from North Carolina, and you're from here. From here? Wow. Now, Dallas or somewhere else? Dallas. Perfect. Dallas. Longhorns? Yeah, Longhorns. Yeah. There you go. I figured. Yeah. I figured. Now, there's a, you do something? Yeah. Else? Oh, that's it. That's yeah. It. yeah oh, perfect. You're good. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is validation and why is it important as a communication tool? Uh, so validation is whenever you tell me something, I validate I heard you. I don't have to agree with you. So if you said she stole money out of my drawer, go ahead and say that. She stole money out of my drawer. The money's missing from your drawer. It's missing. Wow. Now, what I validated is the money's missing. Not that she stole it. Right. But your brain picked up on I validated that you said. The money's gone. Now I feel heard. And you feel heard. I did not say, yeah, she stole it. Or I didn't say, Brian, she wouldn't steal your money. You didn't have any money in the drawer. Remember, you 
Remember? Remember when? No, I have memory issues. <laughs> yes, exactly. I have clients say that to me. I have memory issues. I don't remember. Oh, you don't. I don't Man, remember. I am so sorry. I don't know what mm. I was thinking. So it wasn't that you, oh, yeah. So the money's gone and you're worried about it. I'm worried about it. Now, did you need to buy something or you just want it? I just want the, my money. That makes sense. You want what you what's yours right. and that's legit. Yeah, and it, you, it was in the drawer and it's not in the drawer. Huh. You know, I'm wondering if maybe somebody put it someplace safe or wanted to anyway. Can we do something before we call and try to get anybody else involved? Sure, sure. Let's look around and, and look in, in socks and in things because I'm wondering if somebody was trying to hide the money so it would be safe. Would you work with me? Let's Yeah, look. let's do that. Because what's that doing now? Well, now we're redirecting and now we have an activity. Oh, don't we? Uh-huh. And it's not calling the so, police. <laughs> right, exactly. Because that does happen. Uh -huh. So that brings me to therapeutic fibs. Uh-huh. So um, say, uh, take the car keys away. I mean, uh -huh. here's a comment. Yep. Take the car keys away and um, the client or resident or someone is looking for their car keys. Yep. Where are my car keys? Where's my car? You, uh -huh. So is it wrong? Is it bad to take a set of fake keys and say... I found your keys. The car's in the shop, hmm. but I found your keys. Hmm. What shop is it in? It's at the shop down the street at the corner. Your your daughter took it to the car to the I car didn't, shop. Why didn't my daughter take it? I well, take it now. That wait a minute. It was broken. No, it's not broken. This is what she wanted the car for her own purposes. So this is you're working with her. Um, well, she's well, she, see. Did you all agree to do this? Well, you asked this. Her to. Nobody. I never asked you to do that. Well, don't tell me I did. I know I did. So how's this going? Yeah, not good. So sometimes you can get away with it. Right. And sometimes I'm okay. And sometimes you can trick me. But if you do trick me and I catch you. It's over. Well, am I going to be excited about the next time I need a, to go to the bathroom that you're going to be the one with me? Right. There's trust. Because even if I don't remember the details, I remember I don't like you so well now. So I'm cautious about lying versus I will say... You're wondering about the car. Did you need to go somewhere? You just want to know where your keys are. Because I don't know yet right. what the issue is. I want to be a little more curious before I start trying to put a Band-Aid on something. So start with questions rather yeah. than an immediate fit. Yeah, I because I'm trying to do the quick fix because I want to get out of this. Right. I, don't right. want to, I don't want it to go bad way. But it could be that they're just curious. Where's my car keys? Yeah. And I, when I say, do you need to go somewhere? It's like, well, I wanted to go to the store. Oh, the store? Oh, grocery store or someplace else? Well, I wanted to get some groceries. Ah, something for dinner? Or? Yeah, I'm hungry. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I thought I got something. Tell you what, come look with me and see if there's something in the fridge you like. If not, we can go get something. So is it about the car keys exactly? No. What Probably is it rarely is. It, it's about being in control of a situation. It's about feeling like you have power. It's about feeling empowered in life. And I think the car keys are an example of feeling empowered, but so was telling me what you want for dinner. Right. So smart. Tipa, what haven't I asked you that I should? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I mean, there's so many things that we find out as we make this journey, I think. Mm -hmm. And having made it so many times... I mean, I still learn. Every person I meet is a new person and every situation is a different situation. And you think you got it until you don't. And then it's like, wow. So you're wanting to go swimming. Huh. 
Huh. That's what that was about. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, we may have to go see if you have boxers. Tell you what. Come on. Let's go see what we can figure out. I mean, it's like, you want a what? Right. <laughs> but rather than go, it's the middle of winter. We're not going to go. What are you talking about? We don't even have a swimming pool. And already I'm thinking of why not, why not, why not? Instead of, huh, wonder what this is about. Right. Truly staying curious is one of the hardest things to develop as a skill. Wow. I want to end on that because staying <laughs> curious is, that's the key. It is. Yeah. It's the magic. I mean, yeah. It is Ask the magic. questions. But in a way that you can answer. Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you, Tipa. My pleasure. All right, on to the nugget portion of the program. Oh, Let's boy. do this. This go. is one of Here my favorites. Go. Father Time and Mother Nature mugged me. <laughs> we can all relate, can't we, though? All right, Tipa, we're going to move to the lightning round of the program. This okay. is it. This is an opportunity <clears throat> for viewers to get to know you on a non-clinical basis. Okay. Where were you born and raised? Uh, Morgantown, West Virginia, near Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, a little time in Washington State on a, a military base, and then back to West Virginia, Pennsylvania, and then North Carolina. Where you currently live? I live in North Carolina. Got it. Yeah. How did you get your name, Tipa? Oh, I had a little bit with autism and a speech problem, and he couldn't say Tina, T-E-E-N-A. He called me Tipa. So after a while, everybody called me Tipa, and I legally changed it. Beautiful. Love that. Number of grandkids. Oh, um, let's see. Three with two legs, and then uh, four that have four legs. Favorite answer. Are you an outdoor person or Sofa City? Oh, outdoor. Favorite kind of candy? Ooh, licorice jelly beans. All right, all right. <laughs> Good teeth. Uh, college and degree? Oh, Duke undergraduate, mm. UNC, master's. All right. Cry out loud or suppress it? Ooh, uh, I suppress it until I can't, and then it's a big, whaley, messy. The open cry, the whole thing. everything, yeah. Still in touch with childhood friends? Yeah, but not as many anymore. I'm getting old. Happens. Yeah. Spicy food or plain Jane? Ooh, spicy. Call or text? Ooh. Text because I'm often places where I can't do calls. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, ever broken a bone? Uh, yes. Can you change a tire? Yes. iPhone or Android? Ooh, iPhone. Over-prepare or wing it? Ooh, 50-50. <laughs> Karaoke, yes or no? Karaoke, yes. How many days a year do you travel? Ooh, um, it's, it's less than it used to be. COVID put a stop to everything, yes. but I am probably... Um, eight to 10 days a month. Wow, that's exhausting. Thank yeah, you for what you do. that's much better than it used to be. <laughs> I, I hate to ask this question because yeah, yeah. I'm scared of the answer. What are your retirement plans? Um, yeah, then you're dead. Good, none. <laughs> Onward, please don't ever retire. I don't know that I can. I love you. Thank <laughs> you for being here. I appreciate Thank you sharing you. your knowledge and expertise. Uh, viewers are interested in seeing this episode or past episodes, you can go to manchesterliving.com or look us up on YouTube, Facebook, or wherever you get your social media. I'm going to put Tipa's URL up on the screen. It's pretty simple. It's tipasnow.com. She also has a phenomenal, very helpful, very educational YouTube channel. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, take a look at it. In closing, if there's anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to call. Thanks.